0: I will excuse the sound in the background. I do want to welcome everyone, though, to another episode of We Talk, You Listen. This is an exceptional episode. This is the first time I've done a solo cast in quite a long time. It does not mean I have not been working diligently on making We Talk, You Listen, the best entertainment product in which you can consume. You can find us on Twitter at All Eyes on Me, 228. You can also find me on Twitter at, I said also on Twitter, and I can't double up Twitter, but what you can do is find me on Instagram at Dells, D-E-L-L-S, double underscore, that's two underscores, kitchen. You can definitely find me there on Instagram. It's probably my preferred method. That's where I'll most likely post a video or something if it's referenced throughout this chat or throughout this, uh, throughout this cast anyway. Um, you can also find me on uh, what other platforms do I have. am not even sure what other platforms I'm sitting on, but hey, if they come to me, I will definitely let you guys know. Anyway, it's been a long time. It's been a minute since we've casted, especially solo cast. The last cast that I did was going to be pre-Super Bowl, and that's going to be with Penny uh, T, Twin, uh, Southside P, uh, and Mickey. Uh, KJ, freaking Weaver, and I had a bunch, bunch of people. If I left you out, that's, that's no shot at you. I just, just so many people couldn't remember everybody. I think I grabbed everybody though on that. Um, that was great, but today is going to be, uh, February the 4th. It's already past the 12 o'clock hour, generally the 3rd, uh, but 4th now, because it's one fifty-three a.m. Eastern and uh super bowl was yesterday that was last night uh February 2nd to be exact that started and then it took us into February 3rd. The Kansas City Chiefs defeated the uh San Francisco 49ers by the score of I want to say 31 to 20. Let me double check that so I can be factually correct. Even though this is a podcast and I don't have to be factually correct. That is not a necessity or a requirement for a podcast. All I have to do is talk shit and give my opinion but just to be fair to the listener will be factually correcting And yeah, my memory served me correctly. Was 30 to 21. Kansas City Chiefs won their first Super Bowl in over 49 years. That's an amazing thing. That gives me hope as a Washington Redskin fan. But you know what? It may take a long time, but it is possible. And that also blows the bubble out of my hot air balloon as a Washington Redskin fan. I have no idea what to think because the Kansas City Chiefs, as far as I can remember, have been relevant they've had some down seasons but the reality is the Chiefs have been resonant resident the Chiefs have been relevant and the reality of that relevancy is that even through bad quarterbacks they've had potential even with Matt Castle they weren't a total fire they weren't a dumpster fire that scares me about the Washington Redskins Because honestly, if we wanna sit here and talk about it, the Kansas City Chiefs, let's just go past 20 years, have been better than the Washington Redskins. And that is scary. That in 20 years of good football, they couldn't sniff a Super Bowl until last night. That scares me because my team has been bad for a long time. My team may possibly not also be able to sniff a Super Bowl anytime soon. It's been 50 years since those people won a championship. You understand what I'm asking? It puts into reality of what I'm asking of this football team. Are they gonna be able to bring me a championship? Honestly. Like that really puts into retrospective. So we'll definitely dive into that. We'll definitely dive into the Super Bowl. Um, I did talk briefly with uh, Big Dub about the kobe bryant passing me and him sat and we did a little, we did a mini cast on uh what we thought about that tragic uh tragedy now if it comes off as not sympathetic i guess to some listeners that's just me that's just the way i deal with grief Grief isn't a time where I sit and feel down with others during that moment. That's kind of a a solo thing for me. I'll go through those dark moments, those dark tunnels, down those dark roads, and I'll deal with those things pretty much privately. But generally, in the rare instances I have had to deal with grief, but I have dealt with grief, deep grief to immediate family. Um, Those instances, and then grief, not even only to immediate family, but those who I found close or, or just generally impactful deaths, I think those exist um, in our social circles that I just found them not to be as heavy. I'm not a heavy person when I'm around those uh, who shared the life of the person who may uh, be grieving. So I'm, that's just not me. Um, so if those come off as, you know, kind of where we're not being sympathetic that's just not what it is it's just our way of dealing with grief there's no way to deal with grief there's no book on oh well steps one through ten help you get through grief boom there it is there's none there's no book written so uh that'd be facetious to feel like uh that there is one or that there is some code to abide by or you have to sound sad and no one was happy the man died i'm not happy the man died it, it touched me very deeply i've cried about it you know what i mean but i've cried in my own time i'm not gonna on my podcast and cry about it i'm not gonna talk about my friends and cry about it. i'm just not gonna do that um so i just want to point that out if you were a prior listener and maybe thought the tone really wasn't uh i'll say this the tone was maybe a little insensitive for when it happened because i feel like it was the day or the day after so uh the tone was maybe a little too uh inappropriate but even inappropriate it's a strong word but i'll go with that one anyway uh his passing has happened and this is the first time i can sit here and really talk about it uh from a personal standpoint uh personally it freaking rocked my world and that's amazing because honestly, I didn't think about the guy day to day, but then you think about it, honestly, I can say that statement that I probably didn't think about Kobe Bryant daily, but then the reality is maybe I did, right? Maybe I did, or every other day or during the week, thought about Kobe Bryant in, in some fashion, just in some fashion and I'm in sports and basketball. You really couldn't think basketball without thinking the same. You really couldn't think sports without really, truly stumbling across, well, you know, guys like Jordan, guys like Coke, you really couldn't do it, uh, in my opinion. So I, maybe subconsciously, I thought about the guy way more than I thought I did, but uh, it was an impactful death. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. I've never witnessed anything like it. I've never witnessed a celebrity death that mattered so much to so many people and that affected people and it was in the morning level Of which the death really impacted us Uh, as a society really stepped out to me Uh, that just stood out to me so that was a huge thing Um, is a huge thing people still getting over it this is the time you really see how much he affected lives because the people that are close to him are still getting over the tragedy Uh, I really feel for his wife like you imagine You can't imagine, honestly. It's unimaginable. But his wife has to get through three daughters. uh, They have to tell that story. There's an oldest daughter who's pretty much living this thing through social media. Like that's tough. How she turns out is gonna be interesting. Uh, Like it's it's rough, man. Like it's it's unorthodox stuff. Unorthodox stuff, you never seen this man. Like, you never seen stuff like this. Like, people finding out that their loved ones are never coming home through TMZ. You've never seen impactful things quite like this. And this is just the society that we live in. But you've never seen things like this, you've never seen anything like this. So, my condolences to Vanessa, to the other three uh, surviving children, and I hope they get through it. I really truly hope they get through it um, that's the best I can say that's the most I even want to say on that topic um, I don't have enough to even go into that topic you know what I mean so I'm gonna uh, kind of segue from that because that's not my area of expertise and that's that's nothing I need to really be touching on outside of uh, I wish them the best so I truly do I um, I do want to talk about, uh, is a video Well, no, I won't even get into that video either. Cause there's a video of the guy who's snitching on all the local Crips and Bloods, uh, in his community. I'm not going to dive into it, but, uh, it's to me, it's an extremely funny video. Now his life is probably in jeopardy. That's not funny, but, uh, his, his approach to telling is very, uh, very interesting. Cause it's basically saying that he's been a community activist and the gang leaders have been trying to push him out of the community and silence his voice. So his only method to keeping his voice since they uh shunned him uh from being in the community is to get himself back into the community that he belongs by using police involvement. So uh but his his breakdown of that is quite humorous to me. Uh, is quite humorous to me, cause it it really plays on your uh, what's the word or term? It truly plays on your. <sighs> I want to say not values or your morals. It kind of does. Yeah, I'll go morals. It really plays on your morals. That's what you. I'm a firm believer in the environment you're raised has a lot to do with the type of person you are, the type of person you end up. So. I'm a firm believer in being active in your community, being a positive part of your community. So uh, that's interesting that his angle from that is uh, what it is. But I won't dive into that. Uh, I will, though, dive into the NBA, which you have the Washington Wizards, who are actually sitting at number 10. As far as in the Eastern Conference at 17 and 32, they just lost tonight to the Golden State Warriors. Probably the worst team in basketball, but the Wizards are also one of the worst teams in basketball. Um, they were on a nice little tear. They had one 2 straight, but now they've sitting at, that's uh, like their 25 back. And they are and they're firmly five back from the playoff spot. Uh, don't realistically see them making any especially with a team like Chicago, who's only a half. No, Chicago's actually four and a half back from the next playoff spot. So they're pretty much competing with Chicago for the spot outside of the playoff spot. Atlanta's bad. They're looking to be a lottery team. Uh, so are the New York Knicks. Cleveland Cavaliers are putrid. Uh Sacramento Kings are bad, but they're bad for like a West Coast standard. They'd actually be around where the Wizards are if they were in the Eastern Conference. Minnesota's bad too. Uh those around are not the bad teams. But then you got the Los Angeles Lakers sitting at 37 and 11, Uh, first in the West. Then you got the Los Angeles Clippers coming around 35 and 15. That's second in the West. Then you got Denver 34 and 16. Uh then you got Utah 32 and 17. Then the Houston Rockets sitting in at 32. I'm sorry, 31 and 18. Uh, Dallas, 31 and 19. Oklahoma City, who you thought would have no fight or fire. And I'm like 30 and 20. They're still a decent foot. They're still a decent basketball team. Uh, and then the Memphis Grizzlies are sitting there at 25 and 25. Portland is actually on the outside looking in. It uh, had a terrible start. Portland's now playing way better basketball. They just went 73 in their last 10. Had a terrible start for the season, though. Portland could not get it together, but they're finding the rhythm now. They're a good basketball team. I could see them floating up to around the 7th spot. I don't see the Oklahoma City Thunder as a true liable candidate, and especially the Grizzlies. Uh, Grizzlies would be a nice story, but I'm really not feeling the Grizzlies either. That one of those two spots belongs to Portland. And then even San Antonio, uh, not so sure about, but I pretty safely would say Portland's coming up for that 7th or 8th seed Uh, the rest of the teams in the west are locked I don't see Dallas not being a playoff team nor do I see Houston or Utah even being challenged so really Portland's looking to either knock out Memphis or the Oklahoma City Thunder and that's pretty much it it's two playoff playoff spots viable uh, in the west then you look over here to Milwaukee who is sitting firmly up top of the Eastern Conference at 42-7 uh, they have a great road record, 19-4. That jumps out to me instantly. And they've been 9-1 and in their last 10 games. They are smoking teams. Teams want no part of them. Chris Middleton is playing lights out. That's probably the highlight of what they're able to do. They went ahead and re-signed Chris, who was a middling free agent. But this guy literally worked on his game and has improved his play in basketball. That has mattered. Him re-signing and becoming better has mattered. That cannot be understated. Uh, And that is a huge part of what they're doing. That is a huge part of why they're successful. So, Um, also going to look at Toronto Raptors, who, to me, aren't the same threat, of course, without Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Top three best basketball player in the league, uh, arguably 36-14 with the Raptors. They're definitely not going to be the six and a half back. They got a seven-game lead, Milwaukee, on pretty much the top seed, so... Uh, Toronto has gone 10 and 0 though in their last 10, which is amazing. They are white hot, and that's even more amazing that they could catch no ground to the number one Milwaukee Bucks, because the Bucks were decided to go 9 and 1. So it's a crazy battle at the top of the Eastern Conference as far as the two powerhouses. Um, I think Toronto will set in as a powerhouse because they're finding themselves and they're finding the room, which is natural too. Uh, On the sense that Toronto pretty much became a new team because they lost their superstar. So if they're finding their groove, if they were a championship core and they're finally finding their rhythm, this part of the season, that makes sense where they're playing their best basketball. So I'm not going to kill them. I'm not going to write them off. Uh, I don't see them as a championship contender, especially missing a huge piece like Kawhi. I I don't see it personally, Um, but I will say they did not fold and crumble. They're kind of like that Bulls team uh, when Jordan retired, but they still stay competitive. Um, Then you look here, you got the Boston Celtics at 34-15. and Uh, They're a good uh, basketball team. Then the Miami Heat, who I love. Gritty team. Ran by veteran Jimmy Butler. Uh, Just a gritty, nice team mixed with youth and uh, veterans. Uh, Nice star power to me at 34-15. and Uh, Then you got the Indiana Pacers, 31-19. The 76ers, who are kind of underperforming. I mean, kind of for what you thought was going to be from them, uh, especially with two superstars on there, two all pros, uh, 31 and 20. uh, Brooklyn, you don't know what to expect from them at 22 and 27. Then we talked about Orlando sitting at 22 and 28. Then you get the uh, ninth and 10th seed from the Chicago Bulls or Washington Wizards, respectively, at 19 and 33 and then 17 and 32. Uh, Follow right behind them, Detroit at 1834. Then you got your Charlotte's and New York's and people who are just really competing for a ping pong ball. So that's your NBA wrap up. Uh, That's how the standings are looking. We'll keep a close eye on that. I did see Angel McCautry play the other day, which was actually uh, exhilarating. I love her as an athlete. Uh, I'm actually going to give her her just dues as an athlete because she is an amazing athlete. And I think she's really undersung as far as her impact on women's sports. Uh, She chose to actually play overseas versus playing in the WNBA. And I want to say the year before last because she just thought the opportunity was greater and that uh, foreign athletes were, I guess, better appreciated than those of the United States uh, when it came to women's sports. But uh, Angel McCautry, who's been a member of the Atlanta Dream since 2009 to 2019, they still had her under contract when she was going through the overseas plan. But she's also played for Good Angels and Koselea, uh, MKB. This is another European franchise, uh, another European. I cannot pronounce any of these franchises. I'm not even going to do them this justice. But the girls play all over the world. Uh, she was WNBA Rookie of the Year in 2009, WNBA All-Team Rookie in 2009. Of course, that goes without saying. Five-time WNBA Superstar, I mean All-Star, Superstar, sorry about that. Uh, two-time WNBA First Team, four-time WNBA Second Team, second time. Two-time WNBA Scoring Champion, she could put it in the hoop, that was in 12-13. and 13. Uh a leader, also in 12-14. and 14. Uh, she was peak performer in 12 and 13, uh, seven-time all-defensive first team. And she was a two-way player. She was an amazing basketball player, amazing basketball player, Turkish Cup winner when you come down to her championships, uh, Hungarian League Championship winner in 11, four-time Turkish President's Cup Championship winner from 12 to 15. I mean, girl could play, play her butt off. Girl with gold medal. Gold medal. Uh, winner in Del Rio in uh, 2016, also won gold with the Women's Olympics in 2012. She's an amazing athlete, just straight-up amazing athlete, world champion uh, with the gold and medal uh, American team against the Czech Republic in 2010 and against Turkey in 2014. Uh, just, just an amazing athlete. So shout-out to her. Uh, just glad to see her back in the WNBA. Glad to see her back on uh, American television because uh, she was duly missed. She was duly missed as a as a female athlete and as a prominent female athlete. She was greatly missed in my opinion. So definitely glad to see her back on the spectrum, uh, back doing her thing. Love to see those types of stories, uh, especially where female athletes kind of find themselves. They don't have the biggest lane to especially advertise themselves. Uh, I thought Brittany Griner was going to be that female athlete that transcended their uh, their growth as far as an entity in American sports that didn't really quite go that way. Uh, I hear the lingerie, and this is not a shot at women at all, but I do hear the lingerie football league is actually a thing in the South, uh, especially for southern cities who don't have predominantly uh, dominant Major sports teams, San Antonio is pretty much what I'm hammering on. Santa Clara's uh, cities that are prominent but not uh, prominent enough to have multiple sports. Which is this is where we're gonna actually segue to from that. This is a topic I do want to discuss in depth. Why the XFL is working in Seattle? Why Seattle has sold? The city of Seattle has sold twenty thousand season tickets. To their fans in that region for the XFL. And everybody around here in D.C. is acting like XFL. I don't know if that's going to work. That's just going to be like the AAFF or the AAF, whatever it's called, American Alliance Football, whatever. Yeah, AAF. So whatever that thing was, it's going to tank out. I don't necessarily know the answer. These are two to three reasons why I think the XFL will not tank out. The XFL has been here before. The XFL is tried and proven. Now, it was tried and proven to fail the first time. But the man who failed and brought us the product did not fail himself. He's a master at entertainment. He's a master at show spectacle. He's a wizard at putting on product that people consume even for premium value. The lead up is more spectacular than sometimes the actual event in this man's field of expertise. And I say that to say, imagine you can't see XFL games on pay-per-view. Your people are wondering how they're going to get their money. Keep that in mind. This is the pay-per-view master we're talking about here. We're talking about the man who to me, to me personally, to me personally, marketed pay-per-view. When pay-per-view stopped being a thing, when boxing stopped being a thing, you know who kept pay-per-view alive and you know who kept a a, 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 a very live revenue stream through pay-per-view? Yes, that man, Vince McMahon. So if you can't see football move in the pay-per-view, if you can't see the XFL championship, if you can't see controversy or or whatever the case may be or some buildup throughout the league or throughout the season finally leading to a pay-per-view extravaganza, I'm not saying that will happen. I'm saying I'm the first person that's going to tell you it could happen. I'm the first person going to tell you that. you know the first person to say America might line up to buy it. Because it's possible. Now, we're particular about our football. We are. We're bougie about our football. Americans just don't want any football. No, 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 no. Now, we tolerate college football. Because we went to those colleges. We went to those. And you know why you tolerate crappy college football? Not just because you went there you didn't go there. You know why you check up on Appalachian State and Buffalo? Do you know why you give a damn? about about Florida International playing Marshall. You know why you give a damn? Because Randy Moss went to Marshall. Because we find all our talent from these smaller schools. Because Florida International brought players to you. And do you know why you give a damn about Buffalo and goddamn on Boise State? Not only because the grass is blue, but because you can bet on the games. Because you don't have to know much. There's enough coverage and there's enough things out there that you can gamble on. And that's why if you never step foot in the Bluegrass State. And that's why if you never step foot in a FIU uh, stadium or, or campus. You still give a drip about the game. Because you can bet on it. Because if you're not betting on it. And if you care about FIU football. Something's wrong with you. <laughs> you're a degenerate and you're a sports degenerate and you're not even a degenerate that's even profiting. So I I can't tell who can waste their time and how they choose to waste their time and use their time. But I will say this, if you're keeping up with meaningless football games and and teams in college that aren't going anywhere and you don't have any monetary value on them, uh, there might be time better spent in this world, the things you're just missing out on. But I say that to say, That that's why the XFL work, because there are people out here that don't really have much better to do than gamble and be degenerates. And that's not a bad thing. Gambling doesn't have to be a bad thing. Gambling can be a bad thing if you're a bad gambler, if you have a problem. But for those of us that can manage it and are looking for another sport that's viable, credible, and that Vegas has a really good hit on and that we can actually place meaningful bets upon, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's one reason I think the XFL will stick around. And the other reason I think the XFL will stick around, because I do think it will be a farm system, not only because it's been here before and they understand what failed about it, but I do honestly think that they're going to be more innovative and they're going to be more willing to change and they're going to be more fan friendly and they're going to be more in your face and more interactive. And it's not going to be a bougie brand of football. It's gonna be football for that red blooded american that didn't go to college that guy who went to community college and doesn't have the alma mater and he doesn't have all the fancy stuff and he doesn't have 600 for tickets but you know what he has 300 bucks and three kids that he wants to bring and they can have an amazing time it's not gonna quite be a ring either i think it'll be a quality brand of football they're putting real life producers behind this thing fox is producing these products which is already a good plus for me. Joel Platt is gonna be calling games. Uh, TJ Eisman is also gonna be calling games. These are credible broadcasters from their network. They're extending to this product. This product will be amazing, I promise you. I don't know how they're gonna make it amazing and they're gonna make me look like a damn fool if they don't make it amazing. But I see the the reason I issue the promises is because I can't see how without all this preparatory and 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 pre-planning that they're not going to make this a good thing. The big three lasted. This is real 11-on-11 11 11 football. I'm talking, the big three was a gimmick to basketball and the basketball product we're used to consuming. And that made it. That made it for a little bit. Made it for a little bit. People watch that crap. And you're telling me people won't watch 11-on-11 11 11 football? From players whose names they can somewhat recognize? From players who have actually played in professional leagues or played in college leagues? You're crazy. Coaches who have coached in professional leagues and college leagues? You're crazy. You're crazy. So, it's going to, longevity is going to be its issue. This is going to strike. It's on its way. Saturday. Opening weekend. It's here. It's, It's here. It's counting down. Like it's here. It's ready to go on. Like That's a big weekend for them. Okay. Biggest thing I thought they were going to have to compete with is the college basketball season where that ramps up now. Because they're going to have to compete. They're going to have to compete in what is. Uh, I apologize. But they're going to have to compete in what is co- uh, conference play. In college basketball, which is tough, because generally sports are entrenched in us. Sports are like a timing thing. Sports are like the leaves changing colors on the trees. Sports are like uh, ice caps melt. Not ice caps melt. That's the way. Too soon. Uh, I mean, the 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 flowers blooming in the spring, things like that, that are just uh, symbols through time that we know changes upon us. So, same thing. Super Bowl's over. We're pretty much gearing ourselves to basketball mode. is uh, trying to land in that soft spot. Not everyone lands hard into conference play. And then uh, NCAA tournament, how far the league will extend, that'll be a thing. I think if they find a soft window between the February and right before March Madness really cranks up, and especially if they're not dominating the weekend at times that these games are dominating, if they can manipulate the schedule where the powerhouse team, powerhouse schools are kind of getting missed and they could fall into a nice spot where people could watch football or have football. on, I think that'll work. But the conference championships and college hoops is the only thing I could see rivaling it. Um, But not everybody loves college hoops. And especially not everybody loves the conference championships. That's, that's That's the tier right before the hardcore college hooper. I think, and this is the thing now, I think you do have to be a college hardcore hoops fan to enjoy the conference championship in this era. I don't think so was said 15 years ago. When college hoops was followed at a much uh, greater extent and then where you didn't have all the one and dones, I do think when people had invested uh, storylines with these teams, they did follow those conference championships far more uh, intimately. But now it's kind of just a thing in passing and everyone's waiting for March in the tournament. So, again, that's a plus to the XFL. That's a lane they're going to fall in. That's a lane they're going to capitalize in. Because they are going to be ready for the fan that no longer has anything to do. And they're going to be ready for the Eric Bickle who said it best. That you know what? Some of you guys like putting movies on and watching movies for those four hours. I'd just rather have a game on in the background. Even if I'm watching it or not. And that's me. That's the kind of guy I am. That's why I'm the kind of guy excited about it and I'm willing to tune in. Because I'd rather have just a live sport on in the background if I have company over than to put a movie on or something like that. That's just me. That's where I'm from in life. So I think the XFL is actually going to success for the XFL. Probably five to 10% of the NFL uh, viewing audience. Probably a deemed a success. And the only way they'll succeed is honestly, if they get asses in those seats. They've got the Audi Stadium here for the DC Defenders. That holds approximately 10,000. If they could fill that puppy to first week, no, I think 20,000. I'm disrespecting it. If they could get 10, if they could get half stadium fill for this bougie town, because you're talking about 20,000 going to be at this Seattle game when they come for their home opener, man, man, I'm telling you, it's legal go places. They're going to have to get butts and seats in those bougie towns. And that's going to be the bottom line. Team might not work here. I don't think in the uh, country that it's going to fail. I don't. I think a place like D.C., maybe. Maybe. But country? I don't know. I don't know about that. You got St. Louis on board, New York on board, Los Angeles on board, Houston on board, Dallas on board, Seattle, and then Washington. So I don't know. Well, I, mean, I, I hope for the best that this works. I just like to see things work, personally. And I get everything doesn't work. But I think this can work. I think the Dallas Renegades, the Houston Roughnecks, the LA Wildcats, the Las Vegas. Who are you guys? Gargoyles? No, the Guardians. I'm sorry. St. Louis Battlehawks, the Seattle Dragons, the Tampa Bay Vipers, and the DC Defenders. We're going to need more cities for sure. But if the product's good, we'll get more cities. Same thing with the NFL and the way that started. So, hope that works. And I hope you guys have grabbed your cold cups. Because that is something I've been preaching for a long time. And I've got a new cold cup model. One that you will be definitely pleased with. Uh, If you don't have the old cold cup model, I still recommend picking that up from your local Walmart, uh, Target, or you can also get that on Amazon. But I promise, promise, promise that now, 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 the new cold cup with the new sub temperature gauge and the new almighty, all powerful, all amazing, all whiffer, all sniffer, all thinks, all candy, no gimmicks. Coming with the best feature you could ever imagine, and that's the stay cool feature. The stay cool feature will keep your beverage at whatever temperature you decide, and that is not to consume the little itty bitty generator that you have at the bottom that's going to self cool. This is a cooling mechanism and a setting that you have to never worry about. That when you go back to your cold cup, you know what you'll have. A perfectly chilled beverage brought to you by Cold Cup, Amazon, Target, Walmart, Consume. Yes, you need to. I'm going to touch on a few more things before we get out of here. I was heavily sports dominated, as I always am. I'll probably stay heavily sports dominated as that I don't really touch on world issues as much not a world-issue guy, I'll be honest. Uh, uh, yeah. Let's stick on the sports, That game was... was a good game. Both teams were tight. And by that game, I mean the Super Bowl. Uh, versus the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. say the 49ers, uh, they snatched momentum first three quarters. I will say that. Kansas City had that 15-play drive when they first got the ball. Uh, they had a good sense of momentum. Kansas City, sh- I mean, not Kansas City, but San Francisco snuffed all that out. Uh, really got into what they wanted to do. Ran the ball, not super effectively, but enough to keep them off balance. A lot was Jimmy G. Just hitting guys underneath. No big plays in the game. No big plays from either team. And I think that's something you're going to see going forward with the Super Bowl. You're not going to see a bunch of big plays. Those teams were tight. Those are, That was not a normal football game. Especially, especially first half. Both teams were tight. That was a chess match. That was the biggest chess match I've ever seen. And I don't know if that had to do with coaching and both of them were kind of calling it. Andy might have smartly and strategically been keeping Kyle tight because that may be the game that he wanted to play. Because maybe if San Francisco had honestly gotten loose, played a little more loose, maybe Kansas City wasn't ready for that. Maybe that's what's happened to Andy in the past with the Eagles, that they played loose and tried to play with the style of the team and they they just couldn't manage it. So I'll definitely say that. Uh, Kansas City was definitely very disciplined. So were the 49ers. Uh, Both teams were like kind of back and forth, punching match. But if you had to go momentum and who had it, especially going into the second half, you're definitely going to leave San Francisco. Uh, Pretty much Kansas City didn't get anything done beyond that first drive that they had for 15 plays uh, in which they scored a touchdown. After that, they were able to secure a field goal. Uh, I want to say that the Niners go into the half, let me just get this this, uh, factually correct, but again, this is a podcast, you don't have to be factually correct, so I'm going to give you my interpretation, and I'll just correct my damn self, should I be wrong, I believe that the San Francisco 49ers went into the half with a lead of seven, Mm, yeah, let's just figure it out, because I hate to be wrong on this. Yes, so this—oh, actually, the half was tied. So it was tied at the half. The Chiefs come out. Ah, that's exactly how it played out. The Chiefs uh, scored seven, while the Niners only got three from their first drive. And then the Chiefs uh, go dull for the next two quarters. For the next possession uh, that they have through the first quarter, and then the second and third quarter, they only scored three points combined. And then they go 21 points in the fourth to actually seal the game. But then you go with the 49ers who are, again, playing tight. Only managed seven points out of that second uh, quarter. And then ten points out of the third. Ten points doesn't do it against the Chiefs. That's the real down part about that or the downside to that. Ten points is just not going to cut it. Uh, It was a good game, though, especially for a Super Bowl. I thought it was a good game. I thought it was a very good game. Both teams tackled well, and that to me shows you how you get to that level. Both teams tackled extremely well, extremely well, and there were no big plays given up. Uh, but that goes back to me saying both teams both teams played tight because I mean there weren't many big plays to be a b had, but b that were taken. That's. The reality, like, neither team was taking shots. So, uh, i hate it that was the trend. And I think because the last few years, you've seen tight games, 13-3. to uh, Last year, New England versus the Rams. Uh, this year, pretty tight game, uh, 10-10 at half. Uh, two deep balls I can really think of throughout the whole game, maybe 3-4. At the most, I, it couldn't have been more than six deep shots in the whole game, over 30, 40 yards, and that's far through the air. Um, I do think teams, whoever play next year, are probably going to look at that and say, you know, we're, we're going to go hard play action, and we're going hard play action early. And we're going deep, especially if it's there. So um, I could see that happening. But uh game's balanced. Turnovers on both sides. Uh, neither quarterback dominated. I thought Sammy Watkins would have been a possibility for uh, 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 Super Bowl MVP. Uh, The five catches, 98 yards, no touchdowns. But I thought Sammy's catches were uh, definitely right on time. I did not realize Tyreek Hill had nine receptions. I did not. I thought Sammy's receptions were definitely more powerful, though. Uh, So, for whatever that's worth. I just thought that. Mm. Anyone want to talk about Damian Williams? Uh, Not me. I mean, we're talking about a back that, I mean, you look at him, he's he's nothing special. His last games before this one weren't anything special, so. It was his first 100-yard game since he played Minnesota in, in November 3rd, so. It was almost three months since since the man ran four hundred yards, you know? No. Nah, now nah, y'all actually I'm sorry about that. He ran four hundred yards against the LA Chargers. And that's December 29th. But it still had almost been two months. So, uh I don't know. I and mean, he, he didn't impress me as much. Uh that's just me personally. Fumbled the ball. So I didn't think he was that impressive. Uh, I thought Sammy Watkins was probably MVP for when the catches came and T. Sizzle got him another one. It's got to feel good. Kyron Matthews, good mix of veterans on this uh, on this roster. They got a really good mix of veterans on there. Um, so, really really happy for those guys. Uh, couldn't be mad at either team winning or losing. I did pull more for San Francisco. Um, more of a Shanahan guy, I do like uh, Kyle Shanahan, so. and that's weird, right, it's like, oh, you're the Redskins fan, yeah, I love the Shanahans, so, uh, pretty sure I've had that topic on this show, but also that, uh, also pretty sure that you can understand that uh, if you are a fan of the Washington Redskins, and a true fan, you understand what the Shanahans brought to this organization, and why I would probably uh, love that football family. But anyway, uh, it was a great game. And uh, yeah, pretty much it. Chiefs were able to establish towards the end their identity. Uh, San Francisco really has no identity. And if their identity was anything, it was running the football. And last night, that wasn't them then. So, the team that's known for comebacks, the team that's known for all insane quarterback play, the team that you can never count out, they lived up to their identity. And the other team, they didn't. The other team did not run the ball down your throat. The other team did not seal the game when they were up three in the fourth quarter. And the other team did not bleed the clock and not give you the ball back. So, um, if it came up to who you are and identity, and that's how you win, and that's how you define your championships. If you believe her in that, last night was definitely one of those checks in your box and where you could firmly uh, stand on that ground a little taller, a little stronger, a little higher. Um, that would just been the case. Like, Kansas City lived up to who they were. Not a thing. How much of this is on Jimmy G? Hell, I don't know. Not a ton. I mean, who do you drop in that situation? Who do you drop in a situation down by four and say go win it? You know what I mean? Especially coming, again, that receiving core, your power run team first. Who's that good? To just erase the four points. I don't know. So I'm not that mad at him. Uh, <sighs> he did his best. So. I don't think it's over for Jimmy either. Jimmy's a good quarterback. Uh, he proved that the money that they paid him. Got him to the last game of the year. I mean, that's worth something. I hate that if you don't win the game, you didn't get anywhere or you didn't do anything or your season was not worth it or valid. I I hate that notion, man. These guys work hard. Getting to the Super Bowl matters. Getting to the championships matters in sports. Like that ring talk and all that. Or did he win talk, all that. That stuff annoys me. These championship games are plateaus on themselves. It's not the winning team that gets to sit on Super Bowl row. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the winning team that gets to play themselves four times and just sweep the other side. Like, these games are being played. No one knows who's better until the game's played. So, to totally disrespect the team that loses in that fashion is just. I just don't agree with it. To just totally say, you know, history can swallow them up. Because they were only second and they don't matter. I hate that. So, I think 49ers got a lot of good football in front of them. Uh, they got to replace some key veteran pieces. They might actually be better with younger pieces. To be honest, if they could find surefire fits at those pieces. Uh, they got wisdom at corner. But I don't know if they're the best at corner. And that's on the Richard Sherman getting burnt. Sherman got burnt just like Norman. Once these corners are a certain age, they're liabilities. liability. Sherman talks a lot. Let's hear him talk that way out of that. One. He got burnt flat out. Revis kept it real. He got burnt. Couldn't play that man solo. And when they finally got him matched up solo, Mahomes knew just where to go. And that's the smartness of him. That's the intelligence of him, especially as a young guy. Especially in a big game like that. To know where to go matters want well, to thank y'all for listening. We talk, you listen. This is Wendell putting in another solo cast. Uh, this is February the 4th, 2020. Uh, it's a Tuesday. I will talk back to you guys as soon as possible. I promise. And I definitely promise it will not be as long as the hiatus that it's just, uh, we went through, but I got more content. I got more people lined up. Uh, I'm going to get some special interviews lined up. I'm definitely going to, uh, Go ahead and tease those on the next podcast once I get those finalized. Um, Yeah, we we got good things going for you. So just stay tuned with us. Uh, Always chime in. Make sure you favorite the podcast on the uh, Anchor app. That's going to be We Talk You Listen. Uh, Go ahead and favorite that. It goes a long way. It helps us stay around. Um, Just does so much. And it's literally just a clickable button. So if you guys could do that for me, I'd greatly appreciated. Thank you for listening. Uh, We'll talk to you soon.